Mindfulness mode 512. I could just make all this pain go away with one step. It'll look like an accident, but I don't have to feel and like carry around this weight anymore. Hey, Mindful Tribe. I know we're always trying to tweak our mindset, sometimes trying to make major changes to our mindset. We are trying to just find our way in the world. Sometimes it's a struggle, but I have a guest with me today who can help with all that. And she's proven it in so many ways. She's got a wonderful podcast. She's got a terrific book. I have Tiffany Toombs with me today. Hey, Tiffany, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am, and I'm excited to be here. Oh, that's great. I'm excited too, because I've enjoyed listening to you on on your podcast. And of course, with podcasts, you listen for a while and you get to feel like you know the person, you know, because they're just coming right into your earbuds and you listen to them. And and your podcast is is you just talking and telling us uh, some thoughts and ideas about mindset and and that kind of thing. So I really enjoyed that. And your book is interesting too. And your book is called Stop Being a Selfish Bitch. <laughs> and <It is. laughs> and uh, I'm so interested to talk to you about that book and, and why you decided to call it that. But first, let's talk about this. What does mindfulness mean to you, Tiffany? For me, mindfulness is the taking time for silence and sometimes solitude to check in with yourself. And I think it's something in today's world of like, you have to be busy, hustle and grind that we often don't do. And I think a lot of the answers that we seek come from that time where we really just stop, spend some time with ourselves and get to know ourselves. And I think that's really where ultimately like self-forgiveness, self-acceptance and self-love lie is when we can find that place. And what were some of the struggles that you had that took you to the point that you decided to write the book and you decided to do all these things? So I was abused by my stepmom growing up. That started around the age of three. Whenever I was performing, so to speak, I was a natural born performer, started dancing at the age of three, loved being on stage. And so anytime I was kind of in that performance mode and and the spotlight was falling on me, that's when the abuse would happen. So I would get burned with curling irons. I would get locked in closets. On more than one occasion, she threatened to kidnap me so I would never see my mom, stepdad, and brothers again. And then when I was seven, I was performing for my cousins one day. I was putting on a play or something. And she was just so sick of me at that point. She put me into the car drove me to the outskirts of the city that I'm from and threatened to leave me on the side of the road for dead. So I'm seven years old and I'm begging for my life. So that created a lot of feelings of not worthy, not good enough. And definitely it's not safe to be in the spotlight or to stand out and shine. And I kept all of that hidden for a really long time. And then fast forward 20 years, I'm living in Australia. And the day that I find out that I'm pregnant, I find out that my boyfriend actually has a girlfriend in another state. And my entire life collapsed around me. Turns out he was a compulsive liar. So everything that I thought to be true about our relationship wasn't from, you know, our finances. I thought that I was the breadwinner. He told me that he was making a third of what he actually was and and was going to the pub every day after work and and playing the slot machines and and whatnot. And all, all the way up to, I mean, 
he would tell you that he had the best bacon and eggs for breakfast and he didn't eat. So there was just all these lies coming out that led to me losing the baby. I couldn't eat or sleep for weeks. So my body miscarried and that took me to an emotional low that I never even knew was possible. And that took me to... I had just finished up a business meeting attempting normalcy in my life. I hadn't actually told anybody about the pregnancy or the miscarriage because I was so humiliated about all the lies and the cheating that I couldn't add another layer to it. So attempting to carry on with my life as normal, finish a business meeting, I'm standing downtown Melbourne and I see this taxi coming and I think I could just make all this pain go away with one step. It'll look like an accident, but I don't have to feel and like carry around this weight anymore. So mentally I committed, my feet wouldn't move. My body had another had another uh, plan in mind for me. And, and that was really the beginning of like me stepping into who I'm meant to be and me really starting to get mindful and ask myself like, why am I settling in these relationships? Why am I settling in this business? Why am I, why am I doing all the things that I've done? on autopilot that I don't even know. And so that started my personal development journey that led me to where I am now. Well, it sounds like this shift happened really in that moment when that taxi cab was coming. Is that true? Yeah, it was. A lot of people talk about their life flashing before their eyes. I feel like my future flashed before my eyes. Like I saw my parents and my brothers, and then I saw a bunch of faces that I didn't even know who they were. I just saw faces. And there was kind of like this knowing that my story wasn't over yet and that my, my story was really only beginning. And if I could step into myself and if I could step into my power, then those were the faces of the people that I had yet to meet and to help. It was heartrending reading your story in your book. You didn't dwell on it. You didn't make it sound like, you know, oh, poor me or, you know, hey, this is just the worst life you can ever imagine. You just told it very matter of factly. And then you moved on and you told us what happened after that and how you did find your reason and, and the person you are meant to be. And who is the person you are meant to be? So. I'm here and I honestly, I can look back on all of those circumstances and I honestly believe they happened for me. They gave me a message, you know, I, whether it's God or the universe or whoever people believe in, those were given to me because I had this strength inside of me and this resilience that I didn't know that I had. And I needed those obstacles to unlock that inside of me to show other people what's possible. Because I think that so many people get caught up in, in the why is this happening to me, which I was for 28 years, 30 years of my life. I was, I was caught in that why is this happening to me, poor me. And by understanding the mindset that goes behind it, by understanding... And I have a very science background. Australia really brought out the spiritual side of me. And so I found that my gift is being able to intertwine the science with the spiritual to make it accessible for everybody and to make it really, really simple and easy to understand so that it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, you can figure out how to apply it to your life. And so that was the person that I was meant to be. I was meant to have those experiences so that I can share this message and show other people how to step into their power. So Mindful Tribe, just stop and listen to what Tiffany is saying. Her test 
has been her testimonial. And she's telling us, you know, as terrible as it was, as, as incredibly awful as this sounds when she describes it, she's saying, hey, this is meant to be. This is the way my life was supposed to be so that I could move forward. And I think that is an incredible thing. And I know that that's what Ed Miletz talks about on his show. And it's so important for us to understand that this applies to our lives too. So tell me what happened next. How did you move forward from there? So I started, I went to therapy first. That's kind of what we've been programmed as a society to do. Something's not right. You go to a therapist. And um, once I went to the therapist, we talked a lot. It didn't really help me. I didn't, I didn't get a lot out. I felt like it brought everything up, but um, it didn't, I didn't feel any resolution. So then I started going to personal development, um, the rah, rah, loud music, hugs, clapping, feel really good when you're there and then nothing changes. When you go home, you don't have any tools to use. And do you sometimes I, even feel worse when you go home? Yeah, because you you don't have that. You, you almost feel like that isolated loneliness, right? Because you don't have that crowd of people cheering you on and, and you know, chanting your name or whatever. I hired a couple life coaches who they were great life coaches for what they do. Um, but they didn't have the specialty in what I needed. And what I needed was to be able to go back and heal that past stuff. And so their message for me was the past has happened. You can't change it. Just keep moving forward. And so that ultimately brought me to NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming and matrix therapies, which is a, an emotional therapeutic branch of NLP. And that completely transformed my life. I found my worth. I found the ability to reframe and look at all of those circumstances that happened in a different light to see that they didn't happen because of me. It wasn't because I wasn't worthy that I was abused. It was because my stepmom, who was a, a domestic violence survivor, hadn't healed herself. And so then I became very aware of how generational abuse happens, how hurt people hurt people and then that just causes more hurt people down the line. And so I made a commitment to share my story openly so that people understand that you're not responsible for the trauma that happened to you. You are responsible for healing your own trauma so that you don't become another person that passes it down. Because there will be some way that you pass it down without even knowing it, without even meaning to, unless you look at yourself and do the work on yourself. And am I selfish if I don't do the work on myself? Yeah. And I mean, that's ultimately where the book title came from. So right. Stop Being a Selfish Bitch was my personal project. Um, during the process of being going through the NLP and, and healing everything, I started a business with two narcissists, which I didn't realize at the time were narcissistic. They're very manipulative in a charming sense. So it took me a while to see. Um, again, that experience happened for me to learn a whole lot of things not to do in business. Um, at the end of 2017, I was forced to resign from my company because of, of some lies that had been told to me that I hadn't bothered to check into. And with being forced to resign from the company, I lost my ability to live and work in Australia. So I had to move back to Canada and I moved back at, at Christmas as well. So I went from like 
plus 40 degrees Celsius in Australia to minus 40 degrees Celsius. So an 80 degree temperature swing, which was a shock to the system. And where I'm from in Canada is a very like conservative cowboy. We don't talk about our emotions culture. And where is that? In Calgary. Okay. Yeah. And the economy has been struggling since about 2012, even to this point is still struggling because they're very oil and gas based and with carbon tax and everything coming in, their economy has taken a total hit. So people aren't spending money the way that they used to. And so I have all these people telling me, friends and family, nobody's going to pay you to talk about their feelings. And I have my own kind of internal dialogue about whether or not I can survive full-time, make a full-time living off of coaching. And you know, you'd make a great receptionist and all of this. And I was journaling one day because every time I went on to indeed.com and looked at the job listings, I could feel my soul dying. So I'm being pushed towards this coaching business. And then at the same time, have both internal and external dialogue coming in to tell me all the reasons I shouldn't. So I was journaling one day and I know that the tools that I use change lives. I've seen it. I worked with a woman in Australia who'd had a lifetime of physical and sexual abuse. And in her last session with me, her eighth session with me, I looked down for a minute to write something down that she said, and I looked up and I'm not even joking when I say 20 years disappeared off of her face. Like it's like the hands of time rolled back 20 minutes in that instant that I looked down and you know, she, she had been blocked. She was a singer and she hadn't been able to sing in 20 years. And she messaged me when she got home and she was like, my favorite song came on the radio and I belted it out in a way that I never have before. Like this lump in my throat is gone. And it was, and so I know that this work changes lives. And so what I journaled to myself was, what would happen if you just took that fear, took that self-doubt, took all of that, put it in a box and just put it on the shelf for a year? What would happen? How many lives would you change if you stepped into believing in yourself for 365 days straight? And so Stop Being a Selfish Bitch was actually my personal project to launch my business. And six months in, I was like, this, like, I have to share this with people because it is so powerful. And so I, and I think, you know, it, it happens for men as well. I think the term selfish bitch happens more for women when they start to step into their, into their power and do the things that they're passionate about or that they feel called to. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a mom, but I have friends who have been mom guilted about it. You know, how, how dare you spend that money on a coach instead of on your kids, soccer lessons, or how dare you take time away for you? Like you're such a bad mom if you need time away from your kids. And, and I assume that it's the same for dads. I know it is for dads. And so we, we are called selfish for doing the things that we love when really we're all here with a gift or a message to change somebody else's life. And it doesn't matter if that's baking the best apple pie, doing the best oil change, or showing people how to step into mindfulness mode. We all have that message. And the longer we give in to fear and to self-doubt and to all the stuff that holds us back, that's being selfish because there's somebody out there who's waiting. Could they hear about mindfulness or about NLP from somebody else? Absolutely. Could they hear, you know, could they go buy an, an apple pie from somebody else? Absolutely. But there's something about you 
They're meant to have that interaction with you. And if you don't get out of your own way, that person isn't going to be blessed with that interaction. Wow, I love this. And that's what I love about you, Tiffany, is that you have had the courage in spite of all of these things that have happened to you to move forward and now to preach this message. And, you know, when I first read the title of your book, I kind of thought, hmm, I wonder what this is about. And I went ahead and read the whole book and I thought, oh, this book isn't for women necessarily. This Mm. book speaks to me. It speaks to men just as much because we can be selfish too, just as selfish as any woman. And we need to be realizing that we are enough just the way you've just described. So I totally appreciate you writing that book. And then you started a podcast, Take the Leap. And in that podcast, I just got to feel like I just knew you. So why did you start the podcast? And tell us about your podcasting journey. So I'll be honest, when I first started a podcast, I did not take it seriously for like the first year, mostly because I thought I had missed the bandwagon. I was like, there, you know, how am I going to compete with like the Ed Milets and the Tim Ferriss of the world? Um, I was lucky enough when I decided last year that I really wanted to start taking it seriously to meet a podcasting coach who like completely changed that for me. So for me, it was, I understand that we're all different learners. Some people, you know, I do a lot of live videos on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, Some people like written posts or books. And then some people are the auditory learners. So they prefer the podcast. So for me, it was just another way to share my message with people. Um, I've added interviews. So I put out two shows a week. I've got one that's an interview with somebody who has had success in some area of their life sharing their lessons of their journey. And then I do a solo episode once a week, just sharing NLP tips, mindset hacks, things that you can start implementing in your life now to, to change your life. Because I think that, again, as I said, my gift is being able to make neuroscience easy for anybody to understand, to take something that's in a quantum physics textbook and be able to relate it to your everyday life in a way that you go, oh, okay, I get it. Right. And so that's why I do the solo episodes as well. And then I think that there's magic in learning somebody else's journey. That's, that's why we coach and mentor people is to stand on the shoulders of giants so that we can get the results they had faster. And so that's ultimately why, why I started it. Well, you know, I didn't know you were a fellow Canadian for sure, but there was a clue a couple of times because you said something about grade six or something. And I know in the U.S. they always say sixth, sixth grade. So I thought, oh, is she Canadian? And now I know you are. I'm from Ontario. And oh, okay. uh, so, you know, it's, it's interesting when you listen to somebody and you feel that connection. You know, you feel that connection. Why did you um, decide to actually call your book Stop Being a Selfish Bitch? I mean, that's pr- that's pretty, uh, it certainly grabs your attention in, in the store. I know that for sure. But is that the reason you decided on that, that name? So I was a little bit, I was a little bit hesitant to call it that because I didn't, I, I didn't want to trigger or isolate half of the market or some of the market because of the words that were in it. At the same time, I know that 
when we can trigger somebody, sometimes that's not always a bad thing. I wanted it to be... I didn't change the name because when I started the journey, that was that was really my my daily motto. Stop being a selfish bitch. So what do I have to do today to impact that one life? What do I have to do today to think of that person that's out there? And I wanted... I didn't want to change it too much from my own journey that I went through. I wanted it to be as real and authentic as I could because authenticity is one of my highest values. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I wanted to keep it as original as possible. And so, and, and I think it does capture people's attention. It does stop and make people think, how is it a book called Stop Being a Selfish Bitch actually about love? How is it about loving yourself? Right. And, and ultimately to me, if you're not sharing your message, if you haven't stepped into your truth and into your power, then you're not self-loving at all. And, and I, wa- I wanted to reframe as well. Like, I feel like gratitude practice and self-love has become this thing in pop culture and social media where it's very surface level. It's very, you know, treat yourself, red wine, bubble baths, retail therapy, but it's not actually digging in and doing the work. Right. And so I wanted to capture people's attention so that they would know that to be truly self-loving, you do have to dig in and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's not always going to be sunshines and rainbows. It's, you know, it's going to get ugly for a minute and that's okay. Tiffany, you've got an awesome Facebook group called Success Secrets Group. Uh, yes. You know, and I know that's that's a terrific group. Can you share a story with us about somebody that you met on your Facebook group and and has moved forward as a result of the work you've done there? Absolutely. So, I mean, there's a number of people I can talk about. I would say my favorite story is there was a gentleman that connected with me on Facebook uh, who lives in Wisconsin. And he's in his mid sixties. So kind of that he, he used to call himself the old dog. (laughs) Um, you know, old dogs can't learn new tricks. And in the Facebook group, I do live trainings every single day. I go in there and I give a mindset tip or a mindset hack on a live video. And he just started following and consuming the content and he would ask questions and just really started getting involved in the community and, and implementing which is the important part. I think a lot of us get caught up in the learning and we never actually implement. And he had type 2 diabetes, really, Mm. really bad. He also has a daughter with autism that he had a really strained relationship with to the point where every time he saw her, she would just scream profanities at him. And so he started implementing just the visualization techniques. And his doctor had come to him fairly concerned about his health and the state of his type 2 diabetes, telling him that if if he continued on the path that he was on, he didn't have another 10 years left. And so started implementing these things, started changing just the way that he spoke to himself and the pictures that he held in his mind. And within six months, he reversed his type 2 diabetes and completely transformed his relationship with his daughter. Wow. This past summer, they took a road trip from Wisconsin to Washington, D.C. together. And, you know, she was happy. She loved it. Uh, When he comes, he now comes to some of my live training events. Mm -hmm. And he was down uh, the end of last year. Yeah, just before Christmas last year. And she was messaging him. I love you, dad. And so it's just been amazing. He now calls himself New Dog. Um, (laughs) 
because he has been able to totally transform. And so it, it just shows the power of like when you start implementing and you start asking questions and you really start taking it in and applying all these mindset techniques, it doesn't take long to completely transform your life. Wow. Wow, Tiffany, that is an incredible story. So powerful. And where do you do your live events? Um, so right now in Dallas and in San Francisco, I'm based in Dallas right now. Um, and so one of those two places, I will be opening up Calgary again towards the end of this year. And then, yeah, we're just in the process of expanding more from there. Well, you talked a little bit about NLP. I know that you're trained in matrix therapies as well. Can you talk mm -hmm. about that? Tell us what that is. So matrix therapies is a branch of NLP that deals with the emotions. So NLP itself is more surface level. Um, the, the structure of the brain, like changing the wiring of your brain where matrix therapies is dealing with the emotions. So until we fully experience an emotion, our body holds on to it. And as long as our body is holding on to it, it can manifest in a number of ways from having over the top reactions to situations to getting sick or even things like fibromyalgia and cancer. And so what matrix therapies allows us to do is in a very controlled and short period of time, we, that the client has an experience of the emotion lets it go, we completely disconnect them from it, give them the resources that they were missing throughout their life to overcome the obstacles that they needed, and then allow them to, to come back to now. So it's, it's part hypnosis, part NLP. Sounds pretty powerful. Wow. It definitely is. Your website is bluelotusmind.com. Can you tell us the story behind that, where you got the name Blue Lotus Mind? So. The blue lotus in um, in Buddhist and in Eastern cultures is so the lotus itself has to grow through mud to become pure, and the blue lotus is the symbol of tranquility and wisdom. And so for me, wisdom is more important than knowledge. I think a lot of people get stuck, as I said, in the knowledge phase, gathering information but never applying it. And wisdom comes when you take information, you implement it, and then you, you learn what you need to learn from that implementation. And so it really just, just showed me um, the power of going through this process. And that our healing process is much like the Blue Lotus. We have to grow through the mud. We have to go through the yucky, gunky stuff to find that tranquility and wisdom. And so um, I, I've when I first started, I, I started the, the name before I actually had the business. It, it used to just be my blog. So it's the Blue Lotus Mind Institute now. Oh, I see. Is, is my business, but the website is bluelotusmind.com. Right. Okay. Well, I always ask a question about bullying and I know you've talked a lot about your struggles as a child. Do you have any stories you could share with us about bullying, maybe even as an adult or something like that? I don't know where mindfulness would have made a difference. I think growing up, I definitely, I was bullied in school a lot as well. So if I had the mindfulness techniques that I had then, you know, that would have completely transformed that. I can tell you how it's helped me facing adult haters in that mindfulness allows me to disconnect their words from my truth. So whether it's through meditation 
or through journaling, I can see that just because somebody else has a message or somebody else wants to say something about me, that doesn't mean I have to make it my truth. And so through journaling and through mindfulness, if somebody says something negative about me, I can come back to myself and say, is this true for me? Have I acted in a way that's not in alignment with my highest values? And if the answer is yes, which sometimes it is because I am a human being, then I know I need to make adjustments. And having that space for self-reflection where I can feel safe enough to look at myself and say, do I need to make change? Or is just is this just somebody who's having a bad day and taking it out on me? Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm glad you shared that with us. As we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Tiffany. And the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Martin Luther King comes to mind. I don't even know why. I was just always fascinated with his journey growing up. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? I was very angry growing up. So mindfulness has Mm. let me put a has allowed me to deal with it. So I'm not like a volcano that's always about to erupt. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. I use breathing to pull me out of anxiety. So depression and anxiety is something that runs deep in my family. And I'm the only person in my family who manages it without any sort of prescription drugs. And so breathing for me is a technique that I use to pull me out of any emotion that's kind of taking over my body to bring me back to the present moment. I loved your book. I really did. It's it's an easy read, but it's powerful. And it's called Stop Being a Selfish Bitch. But I love the, the subtitle too, A Comprehensive Guide to Living Your Best Life Through Radical Self-Love. Now, I recommend that book. I want you, Mindful Tribe, to make sure you get that book because it is terrific. But are there any other books? that are related to mindfulness that you would recommend, Tiffany? There's, so it's more so to mindset. Um, There's a book by David Goggins called Can't Hurt Me. There's a lot of language in that one. So I'll just put that like warning out there. If you don't like language, don't get that book. For me, that was a really powerful one that shows that David Goggins talks a lot about how when we think we're finished, when, you know, we're out for a run and we think, we can't go anymore. We're only at 40% capacity and we have a 60% reserve tank. And for me to be able to access that 60% reserve tank, we need to let go of our stuff from the past. There's no way that we can have this lead ball of the past that we're carrying around with us every single day and be able to access that reserve tank. So it was just a really powerful reminder to me of how much potential we don't even know we have until we start to let go of our stuff. I'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. Can you share an app which can help people with mindfulness? I like the app Calm for guided meditations. I also use a lot of YouTube. There's a lot of really great guided meditations on YouTube. Yes, there are. Tiffany, it's been really great to meet you and to talk to you, to get a chance to actually see the person where all of these incredible thoughts and all this wisdom came out of for both the book and the podcast, Take the Leap. So I recommend both. And of course, I recommend the Facebook group, Success Secrets Group. And you can go to success. Well, I guess you can go to successsecretsgroup.com. Is that right, Tiffany? 
Yeah, that'll redirect you. The yeah. full name of the group is Success Secrets for Purpose-Driven Entrepreneurs. I see. So the easiest way is to go to successsecretsgroup.com and that'll connect you, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Tiffany, it has really been terrific uh, meeting you and talking to you. And I want to thank you for being on Mindfulness Mode. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Great. All the best to you. Bye now.